1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast. This is Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and I'm coming to you the day after the Giants suffered their seventh straight loss, this one to the Chicago Bears, one that dropped them to a miserable 2-9 on the season, and here to, uh, to help me break down all things Giants try to to figure out what is going on and, and, and when or how it might get better is Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants and Giants Maven. Patty, how are you doing today?
0: Ed, I'm I'm exhausted. And not because I didn't sleep well, I just feel like this season has been draining and I, I just feel like I'm writing the same things over and over again. I know that's a bad admission to make, but... This team hasn't given you a whole lot to, to, to write about as far as, you know, what to look forward to.
1: Patty, it's sort of like, uh, you know, if you ha- you have favorite television shows, it's sort of like constantly being stuck in rerun season. We've seen this and we see the same episode over and over and over and over.
0: Yeah, it has. and And, you know, look. They keep saying that they see progress, and you know maybe you see progress in a player here and there, but you need to see progress in units because football is not a game of individuals; it is a team game. And you might have one guy, say for example, on the in the defensive backfield who's playing really well, and the and if the rest aren't, what's the what what good is it? And and this is what frustrates me is like. We're not seeing progress and growth. If anything, we're seeing certain units go backwards, and, and that's concerning to me.
1: Yes, it is, Patty. And, and you know, when, when we talk about all of that, we have to come back to Pat Shermer and his coaching staff. And for me, I've said a number of times, I don't think the Giants want to go through an upheaval. I don't think they want to fire Pat Shermer. They want a reason to keep him. They'd like you know, some stability. They don't want to have to, to remove a coach for the third time in five years because you just don't want to be in that cycle of consistently starting over, consistently looking for a new coach because that's no way to, to build long-term success. But as we go through game after game after game, would you agree that, that it is getting harder and harder to see Pat Shermer as the long-term answer, as the head coach of the Giants?
0: I think so, Ed. I mean, look, I think Pat Shermer's a good man, and I like him as a person. I just – when I don't see the growth, when I see him making the same mistakes and being stubborn like he was in Cleveland – that concerns me because look, if you're going to grow this team, if this team is going to mature, the coaching staff has to do it as well. And it's interesting because I went back um, a couple weeks ago to look up Shermer's introductory press conference and he was asked, what have you learned from your, you know, the Cleveland stint? And he didn't really give much of an answer. He just said he learned a few things and, you know, that he wished he had known back then. But you look at the product that's on the field and you just see some of the same mistakes, you know, the in-game management decisions, you know, the stubbornness, you know, uh, just various things. And and you say, you say to yourself, look, you want this team to grow, but yet you seem so stuck in your ways that you're not growing with this team. And that to me is a big concern.
1: It is Patty. And, you know one of the things that we see is game after game we see sort of head scratching decisions and the way that i consistently put it is it may not be you know a decision that that is directly a reason for a loss but the job of a head coach is to make it easier for his players to put them in the best position to win and i thought the the uh, the punt fiasco yesterday was was the biggest example yesterday of 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 Shermer and his staff once again not doing that I mean do do you agree that that we're seeing way too much of that type of stuff where where it just feels like like they're not being put in the right positions
0: yeah I mean and this goes back to what I've been saying for for Weeks And some people are slamming me for sounding like a broken record, but I'm going to continue to say it. When you have a coach, a head coach, who is so wrapped up with one side of the game and isn't managing the big picture as well as he could be, that is a problem. And we see week after week after week where we just come away and say, what the heck were they thinking? And that punt fiasco, I mean... Not knowing that you could substitute and then trying to cover it up and say, well, that's what we intended to do. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that.
1: No, I didn't buy it either, Patty. And, and it just bothers me whenever he – whenever Pat seems to get questioned you know, about a decision like that, he, he'll kind of default to, well, that's what we intended to do. And, and I'm sorry if that's what you intended to do, then, and I'm, this is not a question, it's a comment. If that's what you intended to do, then I wonder if you really know what you're doing. I don't yeah. know what else to say.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand it, Ed. I mean, it's okay to admit you made a mistake. You know, I, I, I guess maybe coaches are. are you know because they're paid so much and they probably figure okay the fans don't want to hear I made a mistake. But Tom Coughlin, you know, when they used to lose and, and and get beaten badly, he used to always stand there and say this is on me. I didn't do enough. I made, you know, I didn't make the right decisions, you know, and I'm paraphrasing there. Coughlin owned up to it. And, you know, Shermer has started to do that, but I just don't think it's done enough. And to sit there and and, and say, well, that's what we intended or it worked out exactly like we thought it would. Now you have to sit there and wonder, you know, uh, what's going on with their their strategy and their planning? It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: No, it doesn't, Patty. And, you know, you talked about or we've talked a couple times about progress from – the coaching staff as in terms of of learning their players in terms of learning situations and how to manage games and how to do things, and it sort of went under the radar yesterday, but a couple of weeks ago, Shermer was questioned about why he used all of his timeouts so early in the fourth quarter. I don't remember if it was the Jets game, it may well have been the Jets game where he had used all of his timeouts pretty much before the four-minute mark of the game. And he stood in his press conference, and he sort of realized or seemed to realize or admit that, that when he started to use the timeouts, he realized he had done it too early. But but that he was committed, and at that point, he just had to continue to do it. And And what did we see again yesterday? I think 3.48 to go in the game leading up to that punt situation, and the Giants had already used all of their timeouts. It's just head-scratching. Two weeks ago you admitted that using all of your timeouts that early in a game or, or seemed to admit that that wasn't the right thing to do. And the next time you're in that situation, you do it again, and it's just it, it it's flabbergasting to me. So I I don't know what to say.
0: I don't know what to say either. I mean, I, it's like, it's okay to admit you made a mistake. Now, I don't know if he may, admits it to the players or or what's going on. But to me, the most frustrating thing, Ed, is when the mistake is repeated. You know, we talk about players and players who, you know, make mistakes and then they learn from it. And then you don't see them make the same mistake over and over again. We can't say the same thing about this coaching staff, I don't think. And, and that's just... What's so frustrating, I mean, I don't think that Shermer is a bad football coach. I think, you know, he can be a good coach if he if he lightens his load a little bit and just maybe, I don't know, makes some tweaks to his staff and whatnot. But just the overall way he's gone about this, just the stubbornness is what bothers me the most. And, and, and it's just like, dude, you know, look, they haven't been able to run exactly what you want all year long, so... I've always said the good coaches in the NFL and in any level, the ones that really earn their money are the ones that say, okay, you know what? We can't quite run what I want to run, so we're going to have to adjust a little bit in order to, to optimize what we have. I don't know that they've done that.
1: Oh, I would agree with you, Patty, that, that they haven't. And, you know, we, we watched on Sunday, we watched rookie cornerback Corey Ballantyne really, really struggle. All right, I think on two drives in the second half, the the Bears basically just looked at it and they're like, "Okay, wh- whoever he's covering, we're throwing the ball there, and we're not just throwing the ball five yards. We're going to throw it twenty or thirty yards down the field and, and take the big chunks because we don't think he can cover Allen Robinson or or whoever he's lined up against." And you know. And, and there were a couple of balls yesterday where Daniel Jones threw passes that should have been intercepted. He threw right into the hands of Bears defenders who dropped them. And and you know what? You live with mistakes like that from young guys who are learning and, and, and growing. And But what bothers you is, it, it, in the case of, of Corey Ballantyne, for example, we watched two drives where he was simply singled out. And how long did it take for the Giants to 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 help him? They had surrendered ten points before they decided to do that. And I don't know who you blame for that. Do you blame James Betcher? Do you blame Pat Shermer for not you know leaning into the headset and saying, "Hey, either get the kid out of the game or give him some help." But but I think those are the the mystifying things that 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 we talk about. It's you know. When is it going to get better and how is it going to get better, Patty?
0: I don't have any answers. I wish I did, Ed. It's, it, it's frustrating and it's disheartening and it's just led to a lot of, you know, football that you know that there's better talent, but it's just not showing up. And I, I just don't know what the answers are.
1: Patty, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors here And we'll come back. And I want to ask you, um, before we call it a show, I want to ask you specifically about two or three players. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. And we're talking with Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants and the Giants Maven about the, uh, Miserable state of your two and nine New York Giants, Patty. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple of, of players in particular. And the first one I have to ask you about is longtime Giants long snapper Zach Diossi. I watched that ground ball snap that that he produced yesterday that cost. The first missed field goal, and then I watched him, you know, author another bad snap or what I consider to be a bad snap on the next field goal. And and I'm sorry, I started to wonder if Zach Diassi is going to play another football game for the New York Giants. At at this point, are you? you know, where do you? What do you think is is going to happen with with Diasi? And, and and are you? You know, are are you? Do you have any idea what's going on with him?
0: I don't, Ed. you know, i I will say this. I like Zach. I think Zach has been a tremendous leader on that that team. He's been, you know, at his best. he's he's an amazing player. He's always been like one of the first guys down the field. Um and he's been reliable. But I don't know, ever since he had that hand injury, I just have seen the the quality of his, his long snaps start to deteriorate. And we at Inside Football have been writing now for several weeks that we were concerned about some of his snaps. And we had a concern. We expressed this. We said that at some point his snaps are going to cost them on a kick. And that's not something you 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 want to be you know brag about being right, but that has happened. So I think what kind of irks me a little bit And, you know, football's a business. This isn't anything personal against Zach because, again, I like him. I respect the heck out of him. The Giants had Tabor Pepper during the summer who didn't, you know, he performed fairly well. I mean, he was younger. He theoretically could have been their snapper for the next, I don't know, 10 seasons easily. And what happened? They tried to sneak him onto the practice squad, but they lost him. They lost him to Miami. And now it's like, okay, they have to try and find another long snapper because, look, Diaz—he's not going to play forever. I'd be su- surprised if he's back after this year, to be honest with you. I think maybe he calls it a, a career. And just, you know, when you go out of the game, you, you ideally want to go out on top. And I, I don't know that you can say right now that Deossi is playing at the top of his game. We've seen better from him. And I'm sure he'll be the first person to say, look, there's no excuses for that. But uh, you got to wonder if something's bothering his hand or, you know, something's going on physically with him.
1: Yeah, I don't know, Patty. I, I really don't know. You know, you're probably right. You might have to wonder about about him, you know, physically. But I think we do need to point out that the Giants do have a long snapper on their practice squad. I believe his name is uh, is Colin Halby and Hal- and he does have 13 games of NFL experience. So I think two of those this year with the- with the San Francisco 49ers. So just just putting that out there that if the Giants wanted to make a roster move, um you know th- that they do have someone in house that they could go to.
0: True. They could. Um, I don't know much about the snapper that they they added to the to the uh, roster. Haven't seen him play, but you know the point being is is you know at some point they're going to have to make a decision here. And I I don't know, man. Do they do they just move on from him? At you know they're going to move on from Eli. I think at the end of the year, and those are the last two guys remaining really from from the you know the early the glory years, if you will. So. It's just unfortunate because you don't want to see that. Like I said, you want to see guys go out on top, especially in their own performance. And that just hasn't been the case here, I don't think.
1: No, it hasn't. And it's unfortunate, Patty. But, you know, as an extension of talking about Zach Diasi, I think we have to talk about Aldrick Rosas. This is now five straight games, I think, with a missed kick. And you can kind of forgive the first missed field goal, I still think the timing was kind of messed up on the second field goal. I don't think the snap was very good on that one either. But you could tell from the look on his face when they showed him on the sideline. And then you get the shanked kickoff to start the second half. This is a talented young man. But at some point, you really have to begin to worry about him, I think. Because we see it over and over where a lot of times when it goes bad for kickers it doesn't always come back the other way. So despite his talent, despite his youth, how worried are you at this point about Aldrich Rosas?
0: I'm concerned about him. He's he's a, like you said, he's a talented young man. But, you know, having spoken with him a lot of times, I also detect that there's a, a level of sensitivity in there. And he'll sit there and he'll tell you, look, I have my confidence hasn't, been wounded but i think back to his first year with the giants and then when thomas mcgay came in mcgay he spoke about how they really coached him up they really built his confidence they they, they did a lot of work with him from the mental aspect of it and it paid off for him last year because he was a pro now this year you know he's had the misfortunes and some of it you know it, you can point to the long snapper or the hold or or whatever whatever you want to point to. Can they bring him back? And that's that's really, you know, so far we haven't really seen it. You know, the body language has spoken volumes and I think speaks loud louder than you know what Rosas has been saying. And you hope that he, that they can fix it because he does have a strong leg. He can make the kicks. It's just right now, like you said, if the confidence level is shot you might as well just pack it up and move on.
1: All right, Patty, one more player to ask you about. And, you know, before we call it a show here, Sunday was a really, really quiet performance for Leonard Williams. I think maybe one pressure, maybe maybe one assisted tackle. The Giants gave up a third round and a conditional fifth round pick to get him, and right now, it's very difficult to look at it and say that that they may not end up with egg on their face here because he, I don't see him yet as justifying the idea of giving him a long term contract. Do you?
0: Not yet. No. Um, I, I really don't know. To be fair, Ed, I mean, I haven't sat down an isolated film study on him to see if maybe he's, you know, affecting the play around him, because, you know, sometimes with those defensive linemen, you can't just base it on their stats. You have to look at, you know, how are they impacting the play around them? So I I don't know what to make of them just yet. From what I've seen based on the numbers alone, I would have a problem saying, okay, he's worthy of a big contract what bothers me about that deal right now is that the giants third round pick that they're going to have to send to the jets is actually going to be like a a low second rounder okay and then also if you consider the fact that their bj hill has been losing snaps ever since williams came along that was a third round pick too by the giants and now you're 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 potentially looking at you know assuming you you sign him or even if you don't sign him you're potentially looking at at having given up two third round picks bj hill and you know the pick you got to send to the jets so i i just i don't know that i understand that move i i kind of see where they were going with it but i don't know that it makes sense to be honest with you
1: well it only makes sense if williams becomes an impact player patty if he doesn't you know the way i look at it if he doesn't become an impact player if they wind up paying you know for a player who doesn't justify the the contract that they give him or if they just look at it and say he's not good enough to for us to pay money to and they let him walk you know either way that's a bad look
0: yeah agree so agree and
1: oh go ahead we'll see I
0: I I was gonna say um yeah it, it it is a bad look and you know I hope that Dave Gettleman, you know, making the decision, made the right decision. But, you know, I think the jury is still out on it.
1: Oh, Patty, the jury is out on a lot of things for the Giants going forward. The jury is not out on the fact that uh, that this is yet another lost season and that that the longer this goes on, the more it begins to resemble that late that late 60s 1970s time period of of bad New York Giants football you know Lord knows we all hope that the Giants dig themselves out of it before it goes on that long um but who knows what the answer is at this point Patty and, and I think though I think we've kind of covered uh everything we can cover here we've we've uh we've said pretty much everything we can say and and we will uh you and I will reconvene next week after the Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll probably rerun this again.
0: I hope not. Ed. <laughs> I, I really would like to talk about something different. You know, I, I, it would be nice to talk about a win, or not a win, at least a more competitive and cleanly played football game. That would sure be nice. Is that asking too much? Probably. Oh man!
1: <laughs> All right, Giants fans with. That said, thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals,